But it immediately reminded me of someone else who's tried to wear big hats and has big dreams and goes amazing places like space without even leaving their home. Kermy, my big babies will make your dream come true. My big babies will do the same for you. I didn't want to start with that man. I don't know who that man is. That is a Joe Biden. Um, what is up, everybody? Sorry for being late. <laughs> if you're listening as a podcast, that doesn't matter because I'm on your time. Uh, but for everyone else, they're on my time. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, so sorry for the delay. I'm really just trying to put together um, like a, 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 a MSM level quality show for you, even though I am in my own home and my beloved cat is sitting right next to me. She's, she's meowing. She's doing great, by the way, guys. She was uh, tripped out for a while because she had uh, a tooth removed, her big fang, which is, I feel like it's like getting a testicle or a booby removed. I feel bad. I, I want to get her like a prosthetic fang. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. There is so much news to talk about. We couldn't wait till Sunday when the Bituation Room is going to stream with some amazing guests like comedian Josh Gondelman. We had to do it today. Uh, I'm joined by Ellie Hoffman in the comments. So you guys, let's talk about it. We're going to get into, of course, the pandemic trying to kill us all. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, little Jeffy B going up to space and uh, some of the responses from his workers um, when he thanked them for the opportunity. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about workers' rights and um, what's going on at a Frito-Lay factory as well as a coal mining uh, company and the workers there. If we have time for it, there's a lot to get to today and I appreciate y'all being here. Hey, hey, hey y'all. Have you pressed the like button? Have you subscribed to this channel yet? Do that right now. Also, just so you don't miss a stream, press the little bell, ring the bell. YouTube says only 15% of my sus subscribers have rung the bell. That's wrong. Ring the bell. Um, what's up, Todd Roy? Hi, Chuck Diesel. Hope you guys are doing well. And of course, the entire Frantifa in the ether here on YouTube, here on Twitch. Who's on Twitch? Oh, we got Record Lotus? Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. What's going on? Um, as you can see, I'm a little frazzled. Didn't have a lot of time for makeup. Trying to keep it together. K-I-T. Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together as I produce this show nearly solo, although Ellie, huge assist. Um, let's get into it, guys. Uh, it is an important week in the story of this pandemic that uh, sadly, unlike, um, I don't know, unlike every other pandemic that humankind has ever had, somehow in our brains we were like, hey, maybe it's over in a year and a half. And that's not how pandemics work, uh, apparently. And we're all learning the hard way, especially the people who choose not to be vaccinated. 
I will tell you my personal story with someone in my life who I rely on greatly, who I have just cut ties with because they will not get vaccinated. That story coming up. But first, um, let's take a look at a little something our president, Joe Biden, said at a town hall last night on CNN uh, with Don Lemon. He talked about a number of things, including the filibuster and how he wants to reform it, which is never going to work. Um, but this is what he said about the vaccine. Serious shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're OK. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. The, the what? OK. That is our president saying that you will not get sick if you are vaccinated, which is not what his own CDC is saying. Yes, it prevents against hospitalization and death. But it doesn't prevent against getting COVID. We know people are getting the Delta variant who have been vaccinated. They're called breakthrough, uh, uh, breakthrough sickness infection. That's it. Breakthrough infections are happening. So I don't know why he's saying that they're not. Um, that being said, 99% of the cases that are currently uh, in hospitals and people who are currently in hospitals or who've died all those are unvaccinated. They're calling the Delta variant a, a, a virus of the unvaccinated. It is ravaging through the unvaccinated population, right? Um, and so to my hairdresser who will not get vaccinated and to whom I owe a lot of good haircuts and God damn it, I'm going to have to let you go, girl, because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, stop listening to Rogan. You're not an MMA fighter. And even if you were an MMA fighter, a lot of those fools have died too. So there we have President Biden saying you're not going to get sick. And it's like, oh God, please, please don't, please, please stop spreading bad information about this vaccine that really is a crown jewel in your presidency thus far. It's the reason many people elected you. Okay, but I'm going to I'm let him I'm going to give him a pass. The guy, I mean he's 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 clearly, I don't know, he hadn't he hadn't napped good enough that day. He was a little, you know, sometimes Biden shouldn't speak and there are moments where he should speak and there are moments where he shouldn't speak. That was a moment where he shouldn't have spoken. But specifically, I want to show you guys what has been going on around the country um in terms of new reported cases, right? We've, you see our little hump there that was back in December, January. Everything was awful and dark. And then things got better. I wonder what happened. Could it be the vaccine? It was the vaccine. Um, and now you see April going down, 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 June going down. And uh, we're at that. We're at it. We are climbing. So in the last 14 days, there have been a difference in cases of 171%, 171% increase in cases. Average on July 21st, that's yesterday, 41,310 cases and 26,000 hospitalizations. 250 deaths, that's good for now, but that's still an increase of 42% of deaths. Um, very, very scary news. And I wanted to go to specifically the... What's happening right now, so COVID is really hitting 
a lot of the South. So Arkansas, Louisiana, parts of Texas, um, Florida a little bit. Um, but I wanted to show you, this is from a hospital in Louisiana. And uh, these, these stories are pretty wrenching. And so I want you guys to, uh, to take a look. All of a sudden, my lungs just didn't work. Paula Johnson was rushed here by ambulance. I have no comorbidities. Nothing, never had a lung problem, don't smoke, nothing. And it took my lungs and just, whew, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like I'm, I'm apologize if it's too low. She says, I don't know how to explain it. It took my lungs. I don't have any co comorbidities. Like it's like trying to breathe in and hitting a wall in like a second. Johnson is a pharmaceutical researcher who put off getting the COVID vaccine, but now she wants it. I'd say get the vaccine. Take the chance. It can't hurt. All it can do is alleviate some of the symptoms, even if it doesn't keep you from getting it. It'll at least help you get through it. Roughly one in three Louisianians are fully vaccinated. This week, the state's health department reported the highest number of COVID-19 hospitalizations since late February. Scott Rowe is one. Okay, so she was saying uh, that it'll mitigate the effects of COVID even if it won't prevent you necessarily from getting the Delta variant, but that it is important to do. Um, before I go to this guy, I actually wanted to play you a little bit more because this guy is, you gotta watch his answer after getting COVID. But let's watch a little bit more of some of the people who were putting off getting vaccinated in Louisiana and now, now that they're hospitalized uh, and holding on uh, for their lives are changing their tune. This segment starts off with the reporter explaining just how much more infectious, just how much more dangerous the Delta variant is. Thousand times higher than the original coronavirus strain. One of the experts here in Baton Rouge said, it appears as though the Delta variant turns off your immune system for just a little bit, allowing that virus to multiply inside of you even before antibodies can start being developed. Did you get to a point when you were scared? I'm still scared. PJ Perry says he and most of his family had refused to get the COVID vaccine. Where have you gotten most of your news from regarding the vaccine? It's all on Facebook and, you know, people sending you stuff. Now, this 48-year-old father says as soon as he leaves this hospital, he is getting vaccinated. I don't care if anybody gets mad at me because I say I want to take it. I don't care anymore. I don't want to feel like this. Across. Okay, so he said... He was asked, where are you getting your information? And he said, I don't know, Facebook. And um, then he said, he was asked, is he going to take the vaccine once he gets out of here? And he said, yeah, I don't care if anybody gets mad at me. Which means clearly he is in a bubble, a political bubble, um, because the coronavirus has been politicized and the vaccine is politicized, of family and friends who don't support him getting vaccinated and don't support the vaccine. So he says, I don't care what happens. Uh, I don't care if people judge me. I don't want to feel like this is the last thing that he said. So there you have two people who were putting off getting vaccinated in Florida, um, or excuse me, in Louisiana. And there aren't, not everyone is saying the same thing. Not everyone who has been hospitalized, uh, who was not vaccinated is changing their tune about the vaccine. And uh, I want to know um, what y'all think of this guy. Here I am recovering, getting out of here finally tomorrow. Am I going to get a vaccine? No. 
Um, Why not? Because there's too many issues with these vaccines. This father, former baseball coach, small business owner, and hunter caught COVID and then he developed pneumonia. Before you got sick, if you would have had a chance to get the vaccine and prevent this, would you have taken the vaccine? Nope. So you would have gone through this? I'd have gone through this, yes, sir. Don't shove it down my throat. That's what's local, state, federal administration is trying to do, to shove it down your throat. What are they shoving, the science? No, they're shoving the fact that that's their agenda. That's their agenda. So... He wouldn't have got, he's not going to get vaccinated now, and he wouldn't have gotten vaccinated before. I mean, I don't know what to say to this person anymore, right? And I think it has something to do with the fact that, you know, the MAGA and Trumpian warped Fox News, OAN, Newsmax brain has been convinced that everyone is lying to you except them, that you're the real researcher. And so when CBS comes and puts a microphone in your face, you're not going to say you were wrong. In fact, you're going to double, triple down, especially if you have enough breath to speak. And we saw that when the pandemic was terrible in, the, in December, but um, it's it's the same now, right? It's back to where we were of people hanging on for, you know, hanging on for dear life and still, still parroting the same talking points because they think there is an agenda. What's that agenda? What is the agenda? You know, we make jokes about, about Bill Gates and the microchip. Do you know that one in five Americans believes that the vaccine injects them with a microchip? I mean, this is why we can't joke around with this shit, man. You kill jokes. I can't even, you know, do the bong, 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 bong. You know, I can't do my like Windows XP impression um, because <laughs> because people think it's real. Oh, man. Very, very upsetting for this gentleman. And, and then you have to think, you know, as a Louisianan who does pay taxes, who does has gotten vaccinated, who has to live in this state with other people, you know, how they must feel knowing that there are hospital beds being taken up by people who refuse to get the vaccine before, during, and after, right? Um, look, the, this response to the pandemic is like textbook, you know you're in a cult when. You know you're in a cult when even on your deathbed or even when you are struggling to breathe, you still believe that you are being lied to and that the COVID vaccine or the you know coronavirus either isn't real or that the COVID vaccine won't help. This gentleman went on to be shown that Steve Scalise of Louisiana now believes that the vaccine is important and we should get vaccinated. And he was asked, well, does that change your opinion at all? And he said, no. Once again, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that there's a mic in his face and the guy's not going to say that he was wrong. A lot of governors have been pushing COVID denialism, lightweight vaccine denialism, um, trying to not give uh, President Biden his credit for rolling out this vaccine successfully, um, except for 
the reticence from a lot of these red states and and Republicans and and also let's be real people who believe that wellness means that they don't get a vaccine when that's not at all what wellness means. If you believe in like natural health, just say you believe in magic if that doesn't actually include science. If like all you do is take non-FDA approved supplements like beet juice and shit and then you're like, I ain't got vaccine. No, no, no. That's not wellness. That is not, that's not health. That's you in your little corner of crystals and, uh, you know, goop vegan items. And this is what I was going to say on, on the last show. Y'all knew that we were doing a whole thing about celebrities. Do you guys know that Gwyneth Paltrow, right, who has published this, you know, she's got her like glorified blog slash basically, you know, uh, lifestyle brand goop. You know, she got COVID. She got COVID herself early in the pandemic and then has since been putting out all kinds of healing remedies, natural healing remedies to COVID. That, oh, if you just cleanse with this, if you do that, if you eat this, da -da 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 -da, that is her solution. Meanwhile, has this bitch gotten the vaccine since? No. Because you know we would have heard about it. She has not gotten the vaccine. She is a lightweight vax anti-vaxxer for sure. Because I was looking it up. I was like, okay, well, has Gwyneth gotten the vaccine? Because you know Gwyneth commands an army of just virally loaded wellness bitches out there who think that they're onto something that nobody else is. They're not. They just have the money to buy, like, you know, fancy-ass face cream. That's it. You got the money to buy, like, cute, you know, collagen supplements or whatever the fuck you're taking, you know? I, I just started taking collagen supplements to be real. I'm going to be real with you, but I still believe in the vaccine. Um, but I digress. Many, so many, um, many politicians like Ron DeSantis of Florida, who remember he tried to cover up the COVID deaths in his own state. And unlike, um, unlike what Governor Cuomo of New York, who was rightfully hammered for that decision, uh, Ron DeSantis has not apologized for trying to cover up the deaths, the COVID deaths in Florida. Um, and after a lot of sort of denialism and sort of like flitting around the edges. Uh, this is what Ron DeSantis is now saying about COVID-19, the Delta variant and the importance of the vaccine. The chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from COVID is effectively zero. If you look at the people that are being admitted to hospitals, uh, over 95% of them are either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And so these vaccines are saving lives. They are reducing mortality. Mortality in nursing homes since we rolled out the vaccines in December is down over 95% due to COVID. Mortality for elderly people since we rolled out the vaccines is down nearly 90%. And so we're proud in Florida that we put seniors first on that because they were the most vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now DeSantis is tooting his own horn, and let's just do a little fact check of whether DeSantis really put seniors first. You guys remember this? Long lines, crashing websites, conflicting information, confound COVID-19 vaccine rollout to Florida seniors. It's a photo of senior citizens waiting in line at the crack of dawn in their little lawn chairs to get the vaccine because 
His plan, his grand rollout of the vaccine, remember, was first come, first serve. That's what it was. It was like a, it was like buying a concert ticket to like Rage Against the Machine in the 90s or some shit. That's essentially what they were doing. So you had seniors out there like freezing their butts off. Remember, this was like in the spring or earlier. And he's now heralding that. Okay. Okay, Ronnie, that's fine. But it is, it is a slow clap of approval for Republican governors like Ron DeSantis for finally, finally endorsing um, the vaccine science. Uh, Y'all, you got to get vaccinated. This is, this is where we're at. This, this variant is going to last. There's going to be other variants that come along. We'll need booster shots for sure. Meanwhile, in second and third world, in the global South countries, they are struggling, not even in countries like Australia, New Zealand. These are countries struggling to get their hands on a vaccine. And we've got people turning their nose up at it. I mean, it is American exceptionalism and American delusion at its finest. And Joe Biden is not helping by saying that you won't, there, you'll, there's no way you're going to get infected. No, you can still get infected. You're not going to die. That's, that's the guarantee. And man, that is, that is worth it for me. A little bit of a different angle on this, of course. I think what happened earlier in this week that surprised me the most was our dear friend meeting or Marjorie Taylor Greene or MTG or whatever, you know, or uh, Sauvignon QAnon Blanc uh, soccer mom, Sauvignon Blanc QAnon soccer mom. There's something there. Uh, so Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, was asked openly by a reporter whether or not she had been vaccinated. If you haven't seen her response, it's very worth taking a look. Aaron Navarro, CBS News. Uh, Whip Scalise said today he got vaccinated, citing this Delta variant that's going around, and said he's confident that it's safe and effective. Two questions. Have you yourself gotten vaccinated, and do you disagree with the Republican whip? Well, your, your first question is a violation of my HIPAA rights. You see, with HIPAA rights, uh, we don't have to reveal our medical records, and that also involves our vaccine records. And do you disagree with... Uh, what Marjorie Taylor Greene says, that is a violation of my HIPAA rights, first of all. And she starts to do this. Now, I know what this is. When you turn in your swivel chair, it means I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to say something I don't know the meaning of, like a HIPAA rights, which uh, mostly just applies to doctors, not sharing your personal medical records. Uh, and uh, I'm going to just probably, uh, you know, deflect, deflect, deflect. She just pleaded the fifth. She just pleaded the fifth on something that she has been decrying for months now. She's trying to recall or fire Fauci. Her whole hashtag is fire Fauci, right? She believes that the entire CDC, that the entire Biden administration, they're full of crap. She thinks that the vaccine is is a lie. She thinks COVID has been overblown. She said this over and over. You know, she's been in her hotel room on lockdown doing push-ups and, you know, squats and sort of 
trying to look a little bit more human, I guess, somehow, you know, and and flexing her little CrossFit indoor routine, saying that that's the way she's going to stop the COVID virus. This bitch didn't even have an answer. This bitch, this bitch didn't even have an answer when it was, well, so are you vaccinated? Um, uh, that is a violation of my HIPAA rights. Mm-hmm. And here I thought Marjorie was the real deal. Such a shame, Marge. God, I thought you were just like so MAGA, you know? I thought you like really believed in Q or whatever. I thought you were, you know, wearing masks that said uh, uh, masks are basically Nazism. Haven't you been comparing this to the Holocaust the whole time? Cool. So, wow. Suddenly... When asked point blank, you plead the fifth, you plead your HIPAA rights. You can't just lie. You lie about everything else. And you can't just lie and say, no, I haven't been vaccinated. I think you've been vaccinated, girl. I think you got jabbed twice. I'm going to say you got, what'd you guys think? What'd you think she get? What'd you guys think in the comments? What'd she get? She get J and J? She just get that whole thing at once, just J&J, because she's strong. I think she got Moderna. I'm going with Modernskis. She definitely got vaccinated. It is so funny, man. It's so funny to see these MAGA blowhards when push comes to shove. They all believe the science. They all understand what it is, how scary it is. Even Trump, right? Even Trump knows that shit. And yet they'll allow people like we saw in the Louisiana hospitals to go on believing, joining their dumbass Facebook groups. They want them to die, which once again, just the weirdest self-defeating prophecy uh, or uh, yeah, self-defeating strategy, self, you know what I'm saying? Just a weird strategy. If you're trying, if you're like, you know, all these all these people of color are going to outnumber us, you know, in 20 years. We have to keep them from the voting rolls. We have to suppress the vote. Y'all are doing some really good voter suppression on your own right now. Incredible. Um, I love that. I fucking love that. Here, you know, the other day I was like, you know what? I feel like Marjorie's the real deal. She really believes what she says, but Matt Gates is full of shit. No, no, no. They're both full of shit. They're both cucks. Nobody believes this. And I don't know about you guys. Tell me what you think, but I feel like it's so much sadder to be duping people than it is to actually believe it. Because if you actually believe it, that's why I do think, you know, sometimes... Sometimes it's easier to convince right-wingers to rethink their positions uh, than it is to convince, like, elitist, liberals, centrist, moderates, kind of, you know, the Meghan McCain to Nancy Pelosi's, to convince them to change their beliefs. Because those folks are fine and safe and comfortable, and and they've never had to think uh, question their beliefs. And they also don't really care. They're, they're not passionate about anything. They don't have a moral compass or center. But it always is, is interesting that maybe like your crazy libertarians or your crazy Republicans, that, that 
so long as they're not grifting off of it, they're a little bit easier to convince. I'm not saying that like a Shapiro is easier to convince or a Charlie Kirk, you know, those are already grifters. Those are people who make tons and tons of money uh, lying to their audiences. But it is always like, I feel like dark little storm clouds form over my head, you know, in my heart when I realize that even the crazies are lying and they don't care that their attitudes and their misinformation uh, and their blatant racism will lead to things like January 6th and that insurrection, right? They don't care because as long as the, they get votes or they, you know, as long as they can like make a little, uh, a little theater of it. So here was Marjorie Taylor Greene. She spouted some BS continually on, on Twitter about the vaccine. She says it only affects that COVID only affects obese people. Great. That's why you got to join my CrossFit gym. We got to kick that COVID's ass with your abs. If only, man, if only that were the solution. It's not. But this is the kind of theater that these fools are elected to do. And you got to wonder, like, how the people of how our constituents feel about this. I had to say, so what should should this pact sue Twitter now? Should people sue Twitter because they're banning my voice? You see, it's a hypocrisy. And these are the things that we can't allow to stand. I will not stop speaking. I will not stop tweeting. I will not stop posting. I will not stop asking questions. Because if you have members of Congress that aren't asking questions, then I don't know what kind of country uh, we're going to have. But the what are your questions? Are they so when the when the Rothschilds turn on the Jewish space lasers, does that communicate with the Gates chip? Is that your question? Or is your question, um, are, unvaccin are unvaccinated people dying at higher rates? Or does the vaccine actually work? Look at the numbers. May I bring this back on screen to show you what we have to thank for that February dip it's the fucking vaccine, people. What are, who are you? What are you doing? You just set up little cameras around you and like, I've been elected to office, but stripped of all my ability to do anything on committees. So I am literally a meme. Literally a meme. That's all I do. Meme this. Meme it. Meme it. I am a human meme. I'll melt this till my death, until your death at least. I'm trying to think of a song. What is her song? Like that's, you're like an animatronic anti-vax ride at Disney fuck, you know, like you're just, <laughs> that's my Disney fuck. Welcome to Disney fuck. It's going to be a wild ride. All right. I'm done talking about COVID-19. Let's move on. I won't tell you about the bitch on the show that I was hosting last night indoors with no mask. Okay, I will tell you about her. When there's a, I'm sorry, look, I love hats as much as anyone, but when a tall blonde chick with like stringy long hair comes in with like a giant hat, you know that chick's not wearing a mask. Of course she's not gonna wear a mask. Did I ask her to put on a mask? Yes. Did she do it? No. Was she toasting with champagne? Yes. 
Did I stab her? Probably. Yeah, I did. I did stab her. Yeah. If you're here, why don't you subscribe to this channel? Why don't you uh, subscribe on Twitch? Use those Bezos bucks because we're going to talk about Bezos bucks right now. So subscribe, add Franny Fio, my Twitch channel. Or if you want to go one step further, you guys, take the leap with me. Just do it. Bite that bullet. We've got some amazing merch coming out. And become a patron. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. Uh, you get early access to bonus episodes. You get access to my monthly AMA. Uh, you uh, are deputized as one of the sexiest people on earth. That's, you know, it's you, there's a badge. I should make a badge. We're going to have Frantifa shirts coming out. They're fucking fire. So you don't want to miss those. Um, and so I believe if... I'm going to roll out different tiers, but I'm going to thank the top tier folks first. And uh, then everyone will get a shirt for sure. Uh, we're going to have stickers and totes and uh, and different. We'll have like the cute shirts for uh, if you've, you know, if you are a woman or you just want a cute little shirt. I don't know. Female cut. Let's not gender it. Whatevs. Okay. So obviously this was the week where uh, Jeffy B went to space and uh, floated around in a giant dick. That's what he did. He just floated in a, in a penis. And I think we can safely say, y'all, space is circumcised. Whoa, that was my first thought when I saw that rocket. I was like, okay, okay, I see. Clearly not from Latin America. Not Catholic, you know what I'm saying? Jewish or Muslim. Were just born in the States, most likely. Very small balls, just little small babies, just hanging on. You know, interesting move. But that makes sense. Being a giant dick and having no balls is exactly what Jeff Bezos is. As a person, as a billionaire, excuse me, as a trillionaire, uh, I want to talk, obviously, about just how egregious it is that billionaires are going to the space on a year like this. But let's look at some of the things uh, that he said about his magic trip into space. Um, Jeff Bezos says his launch to space gave him greater appreciation of the Earth's fragility. That life-giving shell of air seems sizable from the ground. Quote, but when you get up above it, what you see is actually incredibly thin, this tiny little fragile thing. And as we move about the planet, we're damaging it, Bezos said, referring to greenhouse gas pollution. It's one thing to recognize that intellectually. It's another thing to actually see it with your own eyes, how fragile it really is. Almost like you could own it. You could have it. You could crush it. Cue the scene from Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator where he's just playing with the globe. Na, 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 na. I don't know what song plays at that point. Um, okay, buddy. Jeff Bezos realized how fragile life is now. It didn't take uh, his workers being like, hey, I'm dying on the job. I'm sweating profusely and I need a water break and not be docked pay for it. Didn't take that. It didn't take them trying to unionize in Bessemer, Alabama. Um, he realizes how fragile the earth is not and how much we need to protect it. Oh, oh, not from, let's see, uh, firing his employees at the Amazon headquarters for trying to implement more eco-friendly packaging solutions at the company. This is real. That didn't help him realize that we need to do more to help the earth. No, no, no. He had to spend billions of dollars and emit 
um, tons and tons and tons of, I don't know how many tons of CO2 into the atmosphere to rocket himself above the atmosphere with a bunch of other, his brother and a bunch of other fools um, to then throw Skittles in each other's mouths and then be like, oh my God, look at the earth. It's so cute. Can I own it? Oh my God, I already kind of do. Maybe we should keep it. There is a silver lining to all of this, though, uh, which is that this is what Jeff Bezos looked like when he was trotting out to his to his launch. Look at my man. Look at this fool with his fucking hat. This ill-fitting cowboy hat. Just like crocodile dumb D here. Who are you? What, what, what are you trying to do? This is just like uh, Space Cowboys, you know, that movie with Clint Eastwood and the other Tommy Lee Jones was the only cool guy who was on that. Here he is. And I immediately, I was like, I saw this dude, giant cowboy hat, right? Doesn't fit him very well. It's like, I don't know. Like, it's just too, his, he, like, I, I don't know if it needed to be high, sit higher. Who's like a cowboy who knows I think it needs to sit just a little bit higher on his head. He doesn't have much of a forehead going on. Obviously, he's bald. That's fine. Rock your baldness. But it immediately reminded me of someone else who's tried to wear big hats and has big dreams and goes amazing places like space without even leaving their home. Kermy, my big babies will make your dream come true. My big babies will do the same for you. When your room looks kind of weird and you wish that you weren't there, just close your eyes and make believe, and you can be anywhere. My bed, my bed. I'm not high, despite what I might look like. That's just me. That's just me on a Thursday, yo. He looked like a fucking Muppet baby. He looked like Kermit from the Muppet Babies. Come on. He looked ridiculous. And that wasn't all, of course. Uh, Bezos had a lot to say. And he had a lot. He had many people to thank for this trip. For his privilege of going to space. Uh, and this one stung a little bit more than I think most thanks. I feel like you just sort of thanked, you know, like they do in the Oscar speeches, you know, like my agent and my wife and like, Sefini, don't, don't do any more. But this is what he had to say about that. Hopefully the volume is a little louder. And I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. So... <laughs> Seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Every Amazon customer, uh, you know, when you're too lazy to go get uh, the right kind of screwdriver from your local hardware shop, when you don't support local businesses and you instead support my tentacled monopoly uh, uh, capitalist hellscape. Um, 
you know, you're really helping my dreams and I want you to know. Like I am think I I looked at my Amazon purchases, which have only been like five in the last like year. And I'm like, I'm regretting every single one. Like him saying that if you needed a reason to boycott Amazon, it's that asshole thanking you directly for him being able to go to space. Him being able to go to space the year after slash the year we're still in a global pandemic where people have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars of work, of people who have lost their lives, of of extreme inequality, extreme climate change, of this moment when the very, the, the very last thing we need is billionaires in space. The very last thing we need is space tourism. We need fucking healthcare. You guys know the meme, just the meme like, healthcare, please. Healthcare, please. How dare you? So that's the customers. So all y'all who are like, I don't know, I have to shop on Amazon. No, you don't. You don't. Go, if if the, if somebody advertises on Amazon, obviously, you go to their website specifically and you can buy it through their website. Will it take a little longer? Yeah. Will you have saved on exploitation? Yes. Also that. It's like when I stopped buying H&M clothing where I was like, $6 for a dress? Like, what? A, who? What are, what are you hiding from me? Does this come with a, a note from a small child telling me to adopt it? Does it come with bloodstains of the working class? Because that's what it feels like this is. You're paying me to buy this dress? Something's not right here. So there's the customers. Then there's the workers. The same year that Amazon pulled out every stop uh, to prevent a, a, a factory floor from unionizing, the same year that Amazon has covered up COVID cases among its own workers, right? whether it's here in the States or, or in Europe, the same year that they said, keep working the same year that Jeff Bezos's wealth has like quadrupled. He became a trillionaire. I don't even have the stats, but you guys know, we all know just how much Bezos made this last year. And now he's thanking them for this shit. You don't get sicker. You don't get more salt in wounds than this. So workers had something to say about it, obviously. They had thoughts. Um, Jeff Bezos thanked Amazon workers for paying his for his space flight. For some, the feeling isn't mutual. <laughs> you don't say. So I quote, I can think of a lot of other things he could do with all that money he spent on better wages for starters, the homeless, the poor, mental health. Another current Amazon Fulfillment Center employee told Insider, I guess he's thanking us for putting the money in his pocket to do our to do so by our hard work, sacrificing our bonuses and stock options to make it possible, the Amazon employee in Indiana said. Amazon's hourly warehouse employees aren't eligible for stock options or bonuses. Mm, We'll get to more of that later. I feel like he just said that because he has a guilty conscience. He knows he's wrong for making money off treating workers like slaves. Slaves, the Staten Island employee said, referencing the grueling and potentially dangerous conditions of some Amazon workers. I don't think he feels guilty. I don't think you become a trillionaire. I don't think you systematically put businesses out of business 
uh, and evade that money, that much money in taxes, and then refuse uh, to allow your workers to unionize, and then wear this hat. You don't feel remorse. You're like, hell yeah, I look good. Kermit the Frog is what I was going for. He doesn't feel bad. But his workers clearly do. Remember, this is also the year where we found out that Amazon workers and drivers pee in bottles. Because of course they do. Right? Because they're getting docked pay if they don't make all their deliveries on time. And yes, I know truckers pee in bottles. This is very, but like truckers are on long routes. And they also have unions. There are robust truckers unions. The reason they're not, the reason they're peeing in bottles isn't because they like are on a, you know, a five hour drive. It's because they have five minutes to deliver 500 packages. I can't talk about this anymore. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. And we haven't even talked about the media coverage, the way that the media covers Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos. They're going to cover Elon Musk. Oh, my God. Oh, the amount of ball sniffing that is going to happen when Elon goes to space. Oh, we're going to have to hear about it for so long. Oh, they're going to get right up into his tushy and just mm, be like, oh, give me that cyber truck, baby. Give me the cyber truck Tesla. Dangle your Tesla on my face. I'm sorry. But that's what it is. It's really what it is. It's disgusting. It's sycophantry. And then we turn around and they're like, oh, it turns out billionaires paid nothing in taxes. Stop giving them airtime, bro. They've got enough airtime. But I want to go into uh, a little aspect of this. Let's just remember what else we learned this year about Jeffy B and the money that he is or is not paying. So this is... I apologize. This is from ProPublica. ProPublica released this uh, very detailed finding about just how much billionaires uh, do and the ultra wealthy do and don't pay in taxes. The secret IRS files trove of never before seen records reveals how the wealthiest avoid income tax. And I know some of you have already read this, but just so you understand uh, how it all works. Um, here we've got Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, Michael Bloomberg, Elon Musk. Let's focus on Jeff. Wealth growth from 2014 to 2018, $99 billion. Total income reported, $4.2 billion. Total taxes paid, $973 million. Nothing. True tax rate of what he paid is 0.1%. Only 0.1% of what he should be paying. That's it. Okay. But let's go specifically. This is Jeff Bezos. Let's compare Jeff Bezos's finances to a typical American household. Okay. So between 2006 and 2018. So here you have Jeff Bezos and his wealth growth started off. I don't know where 20, 2006. I guess he's what? What is this? Something like 20 billion. He's just a, he's an impoverished lad. And by 2018, $127 billion. That's how much money he is worth. That's his wealth, excuse me, that's his wealth growth. Total taxes paid $1.4 billion, nothing down here. Now over here, this is Americans' wealth growth. Typical American household, this is their wealth growth, and this is 
their taxes. This is keeping par with the amount that their wealth grew. So you see both of them sort of like the lines, uh, the, the lines are, are, are in parallel. But Jeff's completely stagnant. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm skipping ahead. Don't mean to make you dizzy. Okay. So it's important to understand the difference between wealth and income. Wealth and income work very differently for the ultra wealthy than they do for most people. This represents $100 of income for a typical wage earner, right? And then you have taxes. So you see that they've got this like lovely little diagram. Okay. So here's your typical income. Here's your taxes. So like a few little, few little dots. Um, a typical household might also own a home if you're lucky, if you somehow are personally rich. I don't know who owns a home. But anyway, so you typically, you can own a home though, right? And you've got your little wealth growth. So your home is not like your income. It's just your wealth. Uh, it's different. So it's your assets. The proportion of wealth growth versus taxes has been typical for middle-aged Americans since the mid-2000s. However, it's inverted for the ultra-wealthy. So you see their wealth growth and you see their taxes. They're paying a lot. You guys who are, are property owners know you pay uh, property taxes, obviously, um, in addition to upkeep on the house itself. Now let's look at, this represents $100 of income for Bezos. From 2006 to 2018, his taxes were 21% of his income. But look at his wealth. Oh my God, it doesn't even fit in the goddamn, it, it doesn't even fit in this window. So here you have Bezos' wealth, Bezos' income, his taxes, cool. Now if you expand out and look at the amount that his wealth grows. So that includes stocks, property taxes, uh, excuse me, stocks and property and any assets that he owns, right? N wealth is is not taxed in this country the way that income is taxed. And that is what the ProPublica study showed. And especially if you are a billionaire, an ultra wealthy person, that you can effectively report losses on your income, right? And But your, your actual wealth, the money you're really, really worth is all in stocks or all in, in property, which is insane. We obviously, we saw this with Trump and the, what was it? $750 that he paid, $725. I feel like I've banished that, that number from my brain. Um, and so this is how they get, oh, they, this is how they get one over on the American people. So for every hundred dollars of wealth growth over that period, typical Americans pay $160 in taxes. Get that for every hundred dollars that most of us make, if we get wealth growth, so if we have property or if we have stocks, for every hundred dollars of wealth, we get $160 in taxes. So that's more than our wealth, right? But but it's, you know, in the long term and it's an investment, blah, blah, blah. Bezos only paid a dollar nine cents. A dollar and nine cents for his hundred dollar for every hundred dollars of wealth growth. It is theft. It is absolute theft. This is robbing workers who have given him his wealth, who are peeing in bottles to get his packages delivered in ridiculous amounts of time, who are running up and down stairs rather than taking uh, elevators because they're not allowed to take elevators. The elevators are for the goods. You guys saw this. They're for the goods. Workers have to walk. Um, 
it is utter utter theft. This is the only thing we should be focusing on all the time. And the reason I mentioned the stocks that mattered is because you saw workers say that they're not allowed to have, uh, what was it? Hourly workers are not eligible for stock options or bonuses. I mean, in Sorn. Anyway. My baby, we make uh let's move on i i look crazy i am crazy la, 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 la. does anyone know a good stylist hairstylist in the uh los angeles area who is vaccinated because i just fired my stylist this morning because she refuses to get vaccinated and i just can't bro. like i can't you know, before when I got to say, I was Nancy Pelosi it for a while, man. I was going to get haircuts with her. We were, I was double masking. You know, she didn't say anything about the vaccine then, but now that it's available, like, am I really going to put money into people who are not keeping me safe and others safe? No, I can't do that. And it sucks because let me tell you, I'm not, the last haircut I had was a, well, first of all, we don't, we'll talk about style another time. The point is this, uh, if anyone knows of any very, very highly skilled uh, shears workers, let me know. Some troll said something to me that I was, Francesca's nothing more than a haircut and a, a grin. And I was like, <laughs> thanks. Let's see. What's been happening at a, uh, at a Frito-Lay plant? Um, workers are on strike. Workers are on strike at a Frito-Lay plant, and I think some of you have seen this, but, you know, again, we we didn't come out of this pandemic to allow workers to be run roughshod over, all right? You, you know, we spent the entire year and a half talking about essential workers this, essential workers that, no, no more, right? And it is time that they stand up for themselves and they are. And I think coming out of the pandemic with this like myth around labor shortages and myth around nobody wants to work anymore. No, motherfucker, nobody wants to get exploited anymore. So uh, this is from NPR. Um, Local 218 Chief Steward Paul Clement on Monday described how how th this is a Frito-Lay worked. Um, he said workers who clock in for a 7 a.m. shift are often forced to work hours of overtime. Um uh, and then the company will turn you right around and bring you in at three o'clock in the morning. So you only have eight hours off to get home, shower, see your family, uh, get some sleep and get back to work. That's nothing. That's not all from CBS. At one point, an employee collapsed on the line and died with management directing workers to move the body and put in another coworker to keep the line going. Um, uh, this is this is uh, Sherry Renfro, a worker at the plant, wrote in a letter to Frito Lay, published by in the Topeka Capital Journal. Um, I'm going to play uh, this clip also. This is from one of the best outlets right now, which is a more perfect union um, is doing excellent reporting on a lot of workers' rights struggles. But here are Frito Lay workers picketing and discussing the conditions that they are forced to work in. Did you think that we would go to 90 hours before we would hit the streets? Force overtime causes divorces. It caused people to kill themselves that used to work here. Okay, there have been several employees that have killed themselves 
okay, that have worked here over the years, okay? This is a continual thing. It destroys marriages, it destroys families. We have to do something with the suicide shifts because to work 12 hours and be off eight and work 12 hours, you got time, travel time and everything. I said, that's a safety risk. Imagine being an employee in here that has not had a day off for five months. That is the reality of what you're seeing. That is the reality of why you're really seeing the picket over here. Four or five years ago, we had a guy and man, he, he was working all the time and, and he uh, stopped off at a rest stop on I-70 and uh, he fell asleep and you know, he didn't wake up. Company wants to call it a squeeze shift. It's it, it nothing squeezing about it. It's suicide. So that those are workers striking uh, at a Frito Lay plant in uh, Topeka, Kansas, is where they're at talking about this kind of work. And it and it's it's frustrating too because I I come to think of like a lot of our anti-China rhetoric, you know, and like well, you know, all the you know, they're, they're, you know, they skirt labor laws and, you know, that's how they're so productive. And that's used by bosses and exploitative companies like Frito-Lay to put the squeeze, squeeze shifts on their own workers, which is BS. It's completely BS. You don't actually need to do that. You could hire more people and pay them the same. I mean, my first reaction to this story was Frito-Lay. Do you think they have the money? Frito-Lay, the makers of the most famous chips in the world. No, but do you think they have the funds to pay their workers more to give them time off? Yes. The answer is yes. And so I hope this union sticks to their guns because it seems like they are uh, absolutely being they're They've got multiple grievances. And um, again, we didn't. Are they essential? Are they essential or not? Joe Biden needs to pass the PRO Act. He needs to get rid of the filibuster to pass the PRO Act in, in Congress. And, you know, we all know that union work also is one of those things. And union, you know, union halls are often sort of apolitical. You know, it's not really about politics. It's not about left or right. There's not a lot of, you know, um, sort of culture war BS that enters into these politics. It's just the politics of like, you know, the working class versus the exploiting capitalist class. That's it. And uh, I'm not saying that the other issues don't matter. They really, really do. But it is kind of one of those places where um, no matter where you stand, you can come together and you see that in sort of the diversity and the multi-ethnic makeup of these of these striking workers. And it's heartening. And also, like, it behooves state representatives and, and elected officials also to get on board with this. They claim they're for workers or they claim they're for, you know, the everyday man. And they're not. Obviously, they're not. Um, All right. And moving on to something else that is similar. There has also been a coal miner strike uh, that has been happening in in Alabama. Thank you. Uh, On July 10th, the strike passed its 100 day mark. Two years earlier, the wife of a striking miner was struck by a vehicle 
this is terrible. And the union claims the violence was perpetuated by individuals for the company. Now, amid the continuing silence of cable news, hedge funds are increasing their investment in Warrior Met. Okay, so this was a company that was going to go under. It was saved by Warrior Met. I think they're based in New York. Um, but coal miners in Alabama have been in strike for three months now, and very few me- news outlets have covered it. Um, once again, More Perfect Union is doing an incredible job. My girl Kim Kelly is out there. Um, on on the front lines inter- interviewing people um tuscaloosa ellie says tuscaloosa is that i am assuming that's in alabama so thank you see i don't know i don't know my geography but this is interesting too because these are workers that are on the front lines of also a an industry that is that is um that's losing really because coal is a dwindling industry as you know uh, a lot of um, we're moving towards more alternative energy, fracking even, which is not an alternative energy when it comes to like uh, being clean and uh, for the climate. But coal miners have been trotted out by the right wing time and time again, right? Oh, we got to protect the coal miners. Trump wears a coal miner hat and looks like, you know, uh, looks like Zoolander out there, right? My man just like, oh, how does this look? And he's just holding his little pickaxe or whatever. Meanwhile, what's actually happening is that steadily the rights and the safety of coal mines have been dwindling and like coal miner, coal miners and workers have been completely disrespected over the years. Um, They've been pro accident prone, as we know. Um, So now they're finally standing up for themselves. And I think it's interesting because we can support workers while not supporting coal. Right. That those two things can be uh, simultaneous for progressives and leftists. Right. We support workers rights, but we also support a just transition, as they call it, just transitions, meaning transitioning off of fossil fuels, off of polluting energy like coal, like fracking and into things like solar, into things like wind, you know, to fluffer up Trump's hair and really trigger him and uh, kill a bunch of birds Oh, the poor birds. Um, But at a time also when we are seeing um, just so much, uh, so much coverage of these billionaires, right? Like in billionaires going to space, et cetera. It's important to know, you know, Media Matters is reporting coal miners have been on strike and cable news has been silent. They've been absolutely silent on this issue. And so you see Bezos and Branson getting all the shine, Bezos thanking his workers. Meanwhile, here are workers who've been staging a strike for the first time in four decades. Four decades in Alabama. And no one's covering that because it's not sexy enough. I don't know. Get Marjorie Taylor Greene in there. Who do we need? Do they need to do some like CrossFit up in the mine? Do we need to send Olivia Rodrigo over there? Where is Shailene Woodley? John Smith on YouTube, Frito-Lay has 40% of the U.S. snack market, $18 billion a year. I mean, I I will check that, but that makes sense. $18 billion a year. Don't ever say that you care about American workers ever again unless you're willing to go after these corporations. It should be the first thing out of your mouth. 
that's it, it, there is no there is no uh, way around that. <laughs> People telling me to sleep well. <sighs> Thank you all for being here for this very harried extra special stream. It's been fun. Um, Joseph Sage on YouTube, trying to work it as a lineman sometime. Try working as a lineman sometime. Sun up to sundown, no breaks. If you complain about working conditions, you get your ass beat. Plus, you're on call and live in hotels. <sighs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And, the, and look, it's hard work anyway. Yes, no one is going to say it's not hard work. But there are, there are lines between dehumanization and and hard work and having your coworker die on the job as in the Frito-Lay factory um, and having to push them aside and then continue. Uh-uh, that's your day. You can afford that. Why don't you cut down on the staff in your third vacation home for an $18 billion corporation, right? And the same thing with all of these jobs. Coal mining, it's a hard job, but there's a difference between exploitative Un and 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 hard. There's a difference between unsafe and safe. There's a difference between peeing in a bottle and peeing in dignity. Which, if if that's in a bottle for you, then that's your kink. I'm not even gonna kink shame right now. <laughs> um, Bitingale on YouTube. Those with family values, quote unquote, should stop targeting trans people and go after corporations that really harm families. Oh my God, Amen. And you see the way that those so-called cultural issues get used by the right uh, to divide people. It's like, no, 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 shh, shh, shh. No, one, no one cares where you pee. There are people peeing in bottles. Who cares about what bathroom you use when you can't even go to the bathroom? Stop using that as a decoy. It's so easy. It's such a decoy. Uh, name for Mars on Twitch, but 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 how will execs afford a, ho a second holiday home, right? Third, fourth, fifth, man, they're second? Frito-Lay? The Frito-Lay family. I feel like Miss Frito-Lay is going to be on The View very soon. The daughter, the granddaughter to Frito-Lay is going to be on The View. When it, here I am slaving away. Thank you for the super chats, Parker. Don's Den, Ken M, Carrie Venus, 40 Ounce, Brooke Holloway. I think you can also super thanks, guys. There's like a new feature on YouTube where you can super thanks. But you know how you really super thanks? Is you become a patron. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. That is where all the perks are at. That's where the merch is going to be at. Actually, we're going to have merch separately. We're going to have Frantifa shirts. Um, you get early access to all of our bonus episodes. You get access to our AMAs. Please send me any questions for those of you who are patrons and also um, I am open to your guest suggestions and uh, your segment suggestions. <sighs> I feel like we've burned through everything I wanted to talk about. I don't know how that happened, but we did it y'all. We did it. High five. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Are there anything else? Anything else people want to talk about before I go? Is there anything? Should we talk about anything else? I'm going to look at your comments.
okay. I'm seeing your comments. Maybe, you know what, maybe we should watch a little bit of these last minute, these videos. Ellie, do we have those videos from, uh, from the coal miner strike? Okay, where is it? ¿Dónde está el video? No lo veo. ¿El video no lo veo? Uh, miners. Hmm, I don't see it. They That's okay. Give us an and they gonna give us a good contract. We ain't gonna take no bullshit. In Alabama, over 1,000 mine workers are on strike at Warrior Met Coal. Miners at the Brookwood coal mines have been on strike since April 1st. The union says the miners helped get the company out of bankruptcy over the past five years, but have never received fair compensation for their efforts. Man, come on, y'all. That's a slap in the face, man. The workers are asking for new contract negotiations with better benefits. No contract, no coal. It used to be a union job. If you're a second late, they will send you home. And they don't realize the conditions that we go through to get them this coal. Yeah, so that was a little piece of uh, more perfect unions coverage of this coal miner strike. Again, that began in April actually, and it only now is getting some coverage, although still not a lot of mainstream media coverage. But the short story is that this coal mining company was going to be, was basically going under. And um, when the workers agreed to stay, they were told that they were going to get bonuses. They were told that they were going to get a better contract. Um, when it was bought out. And, and it's interesting because in some countries, you know, like for example, in Argentina, after the 2001 financial crisis, it would have been grounds when a company goes under and leaves to, um, to take it over, you know, have a workers cooperative, which I know is, is a next level of sort of, you know, uh, worker solidarity, but I have faith that we will get there. Um, but instead it was taken over by a different company who bailed it out and kept workers on with the promise that they were going to get bonuses. And those bonuses never happened. The better, uh, the better, um, contracts never came along. And, this is why it's important when we talk about a Green New Deal, when we talk about green jobs, that it always comes along with the tag, good union jobs, right? And union is key here. This is not about creating new Amazons, right? Which, um, <laughs> you know, which don't respect workers' rights. This is not about creating new Massey Coal Energies or new British petroleums, you know, people and, 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 uh, corporations that have put their workers at uh, like thrown the hang, hung them out to dry, who've thrown them under the bus, who've let them die and be maimed so that they could make more profit, right? This is, these are some of the most dangerous jobs. So the good union jobs are the thing we have to keep on hammering at as progressives, as leftists, as workers, as people who are in unions, potentially, there's more footage. Uh, I read earlier a little clip of a woman being who was struck by a vehicle. That was a the wife of a striking mine worker who was on the front lines, who was trying to prevent scabs, essentially workers hired, you know, in the meantime, while there's a strike and they ran into her. They just like pushed her. And there's footage of this. It's just, it, you know, we have this country used to be known for organized workers 
like I always say to the right wingers, if you hate socialism, work through the weekend because socialists and anarchists and unionists, they're the ones who gave you the weekend. They're the ones who gave you an eight hour workday. They're the ones who gave you a 40 hour work week. And if you ask me, it's got to be 32 at this point because uh, I'm tired. We need a 32 hour work week. And there's no reason that all of this wealth, I mean, you see it, right? That Amazon's wealth, that Frito-Lay's wealth, that the coal industry's wealth, that the fossil fuel industry, they have enough money to pay us to work for three days. Great conditions, give us a little lunch break, give us the, you know, we can get some like, you know, little nap pods like they do in Silicon Valley. There is no reason why you can't do that for blue collar workers as well. For people who work on, you know, driving uh, trucks or, or working on factory floors. No reason. And secondly, you know, this all intersects with immigration, right? We haven't even talked about immigration. So I did a story for AJ Plus a few years ago where, you know, it was before Trump was elected. And ironically, one of the pieces we did was called uh, What You Need to Know About the U.S.-Mexico Border, right? It was like the real deal with the U.S.-Mexico border. And before Trump was elected... It had, it was doing well. It had like 5 million views. And when Trump was elected, it's like skyrocketed. It's my highest performing video ever. Just going to the U.S.-Mexico border and talking about what it looked like, what it was, what it wasn't. And you got to figure that people who, I think that came from a lot of people who voted for Trump and didn't actually know what the hell he meant when he said build the wall. Didn't know there's already like a giant fence slash wall there. Anyway, I digress. The point is, is another story that we did on that was this question. And we went to Arizona about are immigrants stealing, quote unquote, American jobs. And when you see the way that, you know, union workers are being treated in, you know, what should otherwise be good, stable and non-exploitative jobs, you realize that it is on the employer. It is the employers who love. This is not about party. Democrats love the cheap labor that that undocumented people provide to them. That if there was a pathway to citizenship, then we would have to, you know, maybe maybe people would like not live in fear and they would start fighting for their rights and they would start forming unions, right? These are the things that Cesar Chavez fought for, that he successfully did when he organized um, farm workers in California, right? The gains and the victories that now the Supreme Court's trying to roll back. But so we go to an egg farm and egg farming is crazy hard. So it's, it's also like really gross kind of, but, but you, and it's the same with meat processing, meat processing and, and, um, egg farming is get up at four in the morning and you are just sort of in this like intense work environment. The line is moving super fast. Right. Um, and the guy who owned this like small sort of mom and pop, I mean, it wasn't tiny, but it was, you know, like a, you know, a midsize egg farm was like, I can't even get like 17 year olds to do this job for a summer. They last for like a month and then they stop. Whereas like, you know, I rely mostly on immigrant work. And he was saying that like, you know, and, and I, I don't demonize him necessarily, um, but it is, it, you're just caught between a rock and a hard place here, right? Where you're like, you need, I think he was actually paying a living wage. He was paying his workers okay, but the work was tough. 
And it provides these loopholes for employers, though, to be like, well, you know, I mostly just hire undocumented people because they're the only ones who are like desperate enough to do this work, you know? And so, again, it's it's it just like we we demonize the workers. We demonize either whether they're they're citizens or not. We demonize them. And we should kind of be looking at like, you know, holding workers, to, I mean, holding employers to a, a higher standard there. And also valuing some of this incredibly labor-intensive work. Um, meat processing plants are also one of those places. Like, it is ungodly what happens there. We've all seen Food, Inc. There's shit in the meat, Bob. That's my favorite line. There's shit in the meat, Bob. Uh, if you guys haven't seen Food, Inc., see it. And it's because the conveyor belt moves so fast that when people are, when workers are de-gutting and taking out all of the guts of the cows and the pigs, that they rip the intestines and the intestines get into, and the, the feces gets into the, the meat. So you guys know, like in every burger you eat, there's like a little bit of poo-poo. There's some fecal, there's a lot or a little bit of fecal matter. Kenny's Prog Rock Jukebox, Shittin' the Meat Bob is a great name for a punk band. And on that, you guys, I'm going to leave it there. This has been so fun. Thank you for your super chats, everybody. Thank you for dealing with me being kind of nuts, kind of cray. Um, we are streaming again on Sunday, 5, 8 Eastern. Josh Gondelman and Brianna Westbrook of Arizona. I want to talk to Brianna all about the organizing that's been going on in Arizona, specifically around Kristen Cinema and pushing her on the filibuster question Sunday, 5, 8 Eastern. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Ellie Hoffman, for being my wing woman today. And hey, become a patron, guys. Support this work. And uh, maybe this one day will be a little less scrappy for you. Love y'all. Don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Later.